<laughs> Welcome to 55 in Maine, a Disney podcast. We are back. I'm Spencer. With me is Mark. And uh, it's been about a month since yeah. we last recorded. So just, just tell people how you're doing, man. We're doing good. Um, I just finished summer school, so I'm ready to start my official summer vacation. What better way to start than by recording an episode? I like it. Uh, June, was, June was a crazy month. Uh, so July's been much better. We just had Disneyland's 66th birthday yes. on, uh, on Saturday. So I, I told my daughter, I was like, guess whose birthday it is today? <laughs> and I said, Disneyland, she's Disneyland. <laughs> she's, she's been, I don't know about your kids, but she's been asking to go back. Yes, mine yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we've been trying to put it off. Do you have any plans? We are thinking about going maybe for the, not Christmas, but like the week after Christmas. So like the end of December, so the first week of January of 2022. Yes. Uh That's when we're kind of thinking about going. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) So that'd be kind of fun if we kind of went at the same time. We're also kind of biding our time to hear what the annual pass situation is. Do you have any just guesses about what that's going to be like? See, I've heard it's going to be more of like a membership uh-huh. rather than just come at any time. Yeah. Um, you still have to make the reservations and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be a kind of modified version of what it was. Uh, and then the other big thing I've been hearing is uh, that the traditional fast passes are going to go away. Okay. And it's going to be more like uh, Universal Six Flags where you like pay it. It's, it's like, I guess, like the Max Pass, right? Do you pay? you pay for fast pass instead of like actual going to the kiosk or whatever uh-huh. getting a fast pass like fast passes will be all um pay basically. there's no free it's either max pass or nothing i that's what i that's what i'm hearing i think they're trying that out in what disneyland paris i think okay. that just reopened yeah so i've been hearing some stuff about that yeah which will be a i think a big change for a lot of people so it would be i mean you have to pay it if if they have fast pass you have to do it Either like they eliminate it all together and then we're all in the same boat waiting for Space Mountain for an hour. But if they have it, you just have to do it. You have to. What would be, what would be unreasonable where you wouldn't have to do it? If it was 20 bucks or less on top of my ticket, I'd be fine. Per person? Per person. If it's like 50 bucks, that'd bum me out. Cause that's like half the ticket price. Yeah, yeah. But if it's like 20 bucks, you know, I'd be okay with that. Okay. And I'm very okay with the membership thing. I know it bums out people who live close to the park and on a you know Friday night, they're bored, they want to go to the park. They can't do that. But for someone like us, people like us who just, it's an it's a event when we go, we have to do, get plans set. I think it's great for us. They've got to do something for, I, I imagine, for the locals, for the Southern California locals though, mm-hmm. I, because that's been so ingrained in what Disneyland is for mm-hmm. the last... 50 60 years yeah it's it's been those people going back and going back and going back so i'm they got to do something for those people i think, I think so yeah, yeah. And i don't know what but maybe as part of the membership because i'm thinking it's going to be more like a almost like a costco membership in some ways okay where you know you have the card but you have and costco is not exactly like this but you have the card and then you go online and you put your card number in and say, I'm going to come on these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't just, like you're saying, can't just show up completely random. Yeah. But I'm wondering if 
for the locals if they'll have that same system, but maybe they'll have some discounts oh, or I see. something, or, you know, parking is free or something for yeah. those people. Or I, mean, like I don't know. After 4 p.m., it's half off. Yeah, yeah. It's good membership. Yeah. 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 I can see that. So, all right, man. Well, should we tell the listeners what our topic is sure. today? Let's do it. So, um, we talked to our last episode, we talked to uh, Tom Fox about his Disney World trip, and we're going to have another episode with him to talk about how that trip went. But the episode prior to that, uh, we did our favorite ride moments. Uh, and so these are our specific favorite moments on a ride. So we wanted to do basically the same thing. Um, but for some of the Disney films, and look at our favorite moments of animation, just pure animation moments. And there's a, a story that goes back, I don't know when this was from, it's gotta be from the 1950s, but Walt Disney always talks about his favorite piece of animation is from Cinderella, where the fairy godmother transforms her dress into the blue ball gown. And that's like mm -hmm. his favorite all time piece of animation. So that's kind of what we're going off of. Like what's our yeah. favorite animation moment. So how'd you, kind of come up with your list because there's a lot of different movies and there's a lot of different moments so yeah how do you how do you think about this i thought of it more like not scenes like long scenes but more than just like a moment like okay. but not too big but it was kind of hard for me to figure out which ones to choose well and that's kind of where i, w I went on youtube and i was like looking at <laughs> two different scenes and I think most of my moments, quote unquote, are about two minutes long. Okay, good. Mine are a little bit longer too. Okay, okay. good. So it's, it's not just like this, because that would be really difficult to go through <laughs> all of the multitude of Disney movies and say, this is, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's like this, this two minute scene, I, I guess, if you want to call it that. So, yeah. Um, so uh, for you, was it the see like was it the theme of the scene was it the actual piece of animation where you're looking at the artistry and the style of it like what about it made it on the list for you to me it was almost more the visual of it less okay. less my number one or number two maybe is like pivotal to the character and whatnot but a lot of them are just like these really cool pieces of animation that okay. don't have a ton of thematic value in them but i just think they're really cool now one of the things because that's kind of where i was too yeah where it's like, what's the, what's the visual storytelling yeah. of it, you know? One of the things that I was trying to grapple with in my brain was, uh, do I distinguish between 2D and 3D animation? Interesting. And I do have one scene of 3D animation on here uh, from a Pixar film. Okay. Um, but uh, that was kind of like, I, I kind of wanted to, for some reason, honor 2D animation or something, <laughs> you know? So yeah. was, that a, was that a factor? You? interesting i have one live action okay okay but i guess it's computer animated okay. so i thought okay. that might work okay and then i do have one from it's not pixar but it is 3d animated. okay okay but most of them are 2d okay. cool so we kind of i think we're kind of in the same same ballpark yeah. here okay all right so do you have any honorable mentions i just have one okay you want me to go for it yeah go for it okay so it is from dumbo and okay. i've mentioned this before in prior, previous podcasts, but it's the scene with Dumbo and Dumbo's mom. And that could be just like a moment, like a snapshot of like her trunk is coming out of the jail <laughs> cell and she's holding the little baby Dumbo. You know, that could be like a moment, I guess, not a whole scene, but like that one moment uh, is just really 
powerful. And I've mentioned how I've watched it since becoming a dad and it's just like, just bawling, crying my eyes out, you know? So uh, that's my honorable mention. All right. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so I've got several honorable mentions, but okay. these aren't specific moments or scenes. I'm kind of cheating here. Okay. But they're uh, different films okay. that like, I think you could pick out different scenes from them. Um, and I'm specifically highlighting them because of their uh, art and animation styles. So the first is Fantasia. Mm. Fantasia, this whole list could be, I think, compiled of True. Fantasia. It, yeah. it's, it was a art experimentation by, by Walt and the animators. So there's a lot of great stuff in Fantasia. I know it always sounds pretentious when you talk about Fantasia, mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's, it's a good film. It's got great animation uh, in it. It's got the Sorcerer's, mm -hmm. Sorcerer Apprentice Mickey sequence. It's got the Cherubog sequence at the end, yeah. Night on Bald Mountain, and, every, and the dinosaur sequence. So there's a lot of great stuff in it. So that's Fantasia. The next is, this is going to sound weird. I think this is a completely underrated film, mm -hmm. but Bambi. Okay. Bambi is very different from the rest of kind of the Disney catalog as far as animation goes, because they went for a complete naturalistic type of look the animals look like real animals like they brought in deer and animals to study and do the animation for uh and then bambi i wanted to highlight bambi yeah. next is sleeping beauty okay because that whole again it goes against the grain of the animation style up until that point for for disney it, it's uh based on kind of medieval tapestries and artwork and everything so it's, it's it's very diff like it's got like you know hard lines and edges, whereas a lot of Disney characters are very rounded and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, so it's, it's, a very, it's very colorful and everything. So I wanted to highlight Sleeping Beauty. Another thing from that movie, which I would maybe throw on mention, is just the end where she's dancing and the, the fairies change her dress all different <laughs> colors. Like that really stuck out to me as a kid, like how cool that whole scene was. Yeah. Which was also, uh, which is also the ending of Beauty and the Beast. They took the animation. When uh, when oh, he and B, when he and Bill are dancing at the very end, yeah, uh, that's it's the same, same animation. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then there's two, and I'm curious what your live action was one is now. There's two um, live action animation hybrids that I think. Okay. Yeah, shout out Mary Poppins. Yes. Uh, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's those are those are kind of my honorable mentions. I didn't want to pick out particular scenes from them, but I think the animation in those are, are really great. So. Before we start, I had a question for you. How do you feel about the beginning of, it's usually older Disney movies, where there'd be like a library mm -hmm. of like real looking books, yes. you know, and then take out a book. And I think Robin Hood has this, Sword of the Stone has this, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, mainly all the fairy tales. Yeah, yeah, do you think that's a cool trope? Do they, should they bring it back or what are your thoughts on I that? love it. Yeah. Because most of them, <clears throat> I, I don't know this, I'm, I'm, un, I'm unsure now <laughs> of my knowledge, but um, most of those, especially like Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty and all those, all of those are real books. Mm -hmm. Like those are actual shots with a camera that of are not book. of the real book cool. and then they transfer into animation. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't remember if there are any, like I think Enchanted has like a book that's, that is actual okay. animation. Uh -huh. Uh, 
but I love it. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, I think it's really cool. And, it, and the more I think about it, the more of them that have it. Pinocchio has it. I believe Jungle Book. Does Jungle Book? I think, it's been a long time since I watched the original Jungle Book. Winnie the Pooh does, right? Winnie, Winnie the Pooh is like an interactive book. And that hold on to that thought. Okay, hold on right. to that thought. <laughs> all, right, all right, we can begin now. <laughs> all right, but yeah, I, I love that trope. It, yeah. it, it's, it, it, I think it's a very Disney trope. Yeah. But also places it into fairy tale fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a story. You yes. Know? Uh, so you don't, it doesn't have to be all realism. You know. Yep. All right. So you want to start? Or you want me to start? Uh, I'll start. All right. Number so, five. This is my live action one. Okay. And it is from the Pirates of the Caribbean okay. movies. Okay. All right. Do you guess what it is? Davy Jones. Not Davy Jones. Oh, not Davy Jones. That part is amazing. Okay. I love Davy Jones. It's okay. from the first pirate movie. Okay. And it's the first time you see them turn into skeletons. And that part where it's like, I think it's the, what's her name? The- uh, Elizabeth Swan. Yes. Yes. Keira Knightley character. And she gets like tossed up in the air by the skeletons. And I believe it was Jeffrey Rush is the first one you kind of see as a skeleton. But I remember thinking like that part was really, really, really cool. I love that moment when you finally see them as the skeleton that they are. Because there's a tease of that right uh where jack sparrow is in the jail cell uh-huh. and that guy sticks his arm yeah it's right and you see like the bones and stuff and so it's yes. a little tease but then that that's your scene is kind of a big reveal that yes. all of them are skilled and they're all cursed and everything yes yeah. and actually the fight with the skeletons i think is really good it's one of those fights that have zero stakes because they're like yeah. already dead <laughs> and so what can you do but I thought it was just still like really, really cool and inventive. So I, that whole skeletons moments in Pirates is like fine. And the, the 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 transfer between the moonlight and yes, and love it. The uh, non moonlight, yeah, it is really cool. Yeah. I think I've I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I, I can't remember. But um, there's a uh, uh, on the behind the scenes of Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Uh, which came out in December of 2003 mm-hmm. and Pirates came out in uh, June, May or June, 2003. So like six months before um, the animators and the, the CGI artists who are working on Return of the King, because they have the army of the dead. Yes. <clears throat> they saw the trailer for uh, Pirates and they were like, man, we got to up our game because <laughs> ILM, just did an awesome job really good and so um and when you think about what a digital and how groundbreaking their work on lord of the rings was and they were impressed by it yeah work in particular is is really cool so it's sad how much the pirate movies have been neglected and just no one respects them anymore and there could be another one coming out and people just roll their eyes but like the first one's so good it's so good and then I, i don't think people remember how big of a deal uh, the second one was dead man's chest as far yes. as just the hype yes. and the box office and that movie was nuts and it's, when that came out. to me that's underrated i think it's actually good the the amazing davy jones mm-hmm. performance is so good yeah I, I i will fight for that movie that's really good movie. all right so that's number five pirates yes. i was i was that was a little unexpected yeah, i like yeah, it man yeah. i like it so my number five is from the oldest Disney uh, animated film ever is from okay. Snow White. Okay. Uh, and I, there's a lot of great stuff in Snow White as far as animation. I mean, that's mm-hmm. when they really perfected the multi-plane camera. So you get the depth of field and everything. It's incredible. It's, it's amazing. Um, 
like there's one shot I love when she's singing at the wishing well mm. and you actually get a shot from the bottom of the well looking up and mm. there's like little uh, droplets and reflections on the water and stuff. It's, it's brilliant. Uh, but my favorite moment, and this is, I guess would be classified as like a moment, but um, the uh, creation of the poisoned apple. Oh, okay. Is a great piece of animation because she's, she's got her cauldron and she puts the apple into the cauldron and like the potion like seeps into the apple and you can kind of like see it going into the apple. It's really creative. And then when she pulls it out, the potion drips off and it makes a skeleton. That's pretty cool. And it's cool. It's creepy. Yeah. That movie is, is really dark and gothic, mm -hmm. uh, which is like one of your favorite things about I, the ride. Now that we're you know? explaining this, I was like, it's been a long time since I've seen Snow White. I got to go watch Snow White. <laughs> yeah. uh, like even her transformation into the, uh, into the witch yeah. is, is a great scene mm -hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, the, the transformation of the apple, uh, I just, I just uh, love. And then like you see the skeleton for a little bit and then it becomes red. And she says something like the uh, the sleeping death is on the inside, but the, the red like covers it and everything. So yeah, it, just a really creative scene, really creative moment. And uh, uh, as it always stands out to me, that's I show Snow White in my film class, and uh, a lot of my students are usually really impressed by that moment and just little moments like it throughout the movie. So because I think it's the oldest one, it's like yes. the one that people probably don't go back to as much, you know. Uh, but there's a really some really great animation in Snow White. So two questions for you. First question is in Hollywood today, everything is getting remade. Okay. Even things that really aren't that old are getting remade. What would your thoughts be on a remake of Snow White, but not a live action remake, like a 3D animation okay. remake of Snow White? Okay, so let me, let me answer your question first and then we'll uh, follow up. Okay. So um, a 3D live action because so what you're saying is the Snow White character and story is good but maybe for this generation it's a little dated so let's make it more in the style of Frozen or exactly or yes. something like that. The, the, the animation, animation yes. style. Bring, make Snow White back to like the forefront of the Disney princess catalog. And which is kind of I mean kind of what Wreck-It Ralph 2 did right? They, they, yeah you're they, right. Uh -huh. you know, right. They took these older princesses and, and yes. made them new again. Um, yeah that'd be cool. Um, I haven't really thought, I mean, that would, see, I think just thinking about Wrecker Ralph too, I know you weren't the biggest fan of it, yeah. but I cannot believe they have not capitalized on, <laughs> I mean, they've, when you make something, I, I, I know very little about visual effects, but what I do know is once you make something, it's really re easy to recreate it, mm -hmm. right? They have those characters on file, those yes. princesses, right? How have they not? Pajamas and stuff. Yeah. yeah. How have they not made a Disney Plus show? <laughs> those princesses. I'd watch that heartbeat. And it's not going to be hard to get some girl to recreate the voice of yeah. Rapunzel or recreate the voice of any of those princesses. So I don't know if I'd be on board necessarily for just a straight up remake. Okay. But if they did that in, in kind of the Wrecker Ralph style. Yes. And almost like a tongue in cheek. Got it. Kind of thing. Yeah. I'd be in for that. Yeah. Now the second part of your question uh, is they are remaking Snow White. Really? Yes. Uh, they just announced uh, the actress to play Snow White. I'm forgetting her name, but it's the girl who's playing uh, Maria in Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. So, um, I, which I know very, I know very little about her 
Um, but they, that's all they, they've announced her as, as, as Snow White. So. Is it one of those things like a Cruella or Maleficent where it's told from the perspective where Snow White's not the main character? Or that, is it just a straight up Snow White? That I don't know. I, I imagine it'll be a more straight up Snow White. Yeah. And I know they did, and it wasn't a Disney version. Universal did Snow White and the Huntsman with the yeah. Kristen Stewart and Chris Hemsworth, yeah. um, which was fine on, on its own. Uh, but I, if they do a, a more kind of faithful adaptation, I'd be, I'd be in for that. So. Okay. My second question. Would it be cool if going retro and classic, the next Disney film, they just redid hand, hand um, painted backgrounds like they went back and said this is the movies made in 1930s we're going to do them today same style but in the 2020. do you need to ever do that would that be cool i'd love it they've done it twice okay they did princess and the frog okay in 2009 yeah and then they did winnie the pooh in 2011. but were they because when i think of the animation of an aladdin versus a snow white aren't they different types of animation or are they the same? I just like Snow White was like these really amazing, cool paintings on the background. And then they kind of just put these characters on top of it. I don't know too much about animation, but is that the same Essentially, thing? The, 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 the problem that we get into is when we look at Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and all, yeah. Lion King, which we hail as like these yeah. masterpieces of animation. They are, the color style is different. The animation style and character designs a little bit different yeah um, and then they were tinkering with digital animation mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the kind of camera movements much sharper um, the colors are much much brighter yeah uh, so I don't know if I don't know how the comparison would go it's yeah. almost apples to oranges in yeah some, in some respects so, yeah whereas I think Princess and the Frog is more accurate as a more accurate comparison Okay. Because that's straight up, I think. I don't know if they used any digital animation. Got it. I, can't, I don't know off the top of my head, but um, that would be, I think, a better comparison. Yeah. But, I don't know if they're ever going to go back to those, but maybe if we get a little stale, stagnant with all these 3D ones, just doing an old school one might be cool. Yeah. All right. So that was my number five. All right. Poison Apple from Snow White. Good, good, good. My number four is from Rick It Ralph. And it's just almost more like a story-based one. Not all of mine are story-based, but it's just the beginning of Wreck-It Ralph when he's in the support group with all those other bad guys. And they had like legit bad guys from Street Fighter and from Mario. And there's like a scene moment where the Mortal Kombat guy like rips out a zombie's heart and stuff. And it's like, it's pretty... At that moment, I was like, yeah, this is a video game movie, but it's not for little kids like it's, it's a video game movie that an adult like me can can like and the whole mantra of where he says i'm bad and that's good i'll never be good and that's not bad like that part is so cool and creative and clever and it makes you really believe the character that he is this kind of slightly depressed guy <laughs> who needs to tell him these mantras to feel better you go into group therapy and it's like i just thought that was such an awesome way to get you into the character and into the well, and, and which comes back at the end of the movie exactly. and it means more than and he says it at the yeah. end because he actually is yeah. a good guy yeah. so that's that's my number four so i i i could have well i don't know i, I don't want to say i could have predicted that but i i thought there might be a record representation <laughs> on you yes yes um but uh um 
as a video game guy, mm-hmm. like how many of the, cause like you said, you said there are several characters in that that are like true video yeah. game characters. Like the zombie is just a video game yes. zombie, right? Yes. But who are like, who are the real people? Like the real video game characters? So Zangief from Street Fighter is in, he's like the big, strong muscle okay. man. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like the Mohawk. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And then Bowser from the Mario games is in there. And Kano is the guy from Mortal Kombat who has like the metal face and kind of rips out the zombies. And I believe there's some other older video game. Oh, the bad guy from Sonic is in it. Like the big weird looking uh, Bumblebee guy is in it. So just seeing those is amazing. And also continuing that moment when he finally gets to the main game central station, that part's amazing. You can just pause it. And if you're a video game nerd, you can see all these amazing video game references. So that, that scene also, that moment where he walks in the terminal, you see all these, yeah, that part's amazing as well. Well, it's funny because we've talked about Wrecker Ralph a number of times. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of our conversation goes to like the meaning of that movie and yeah. friendship. Yes. And the, the last scene where he's got, he's holding the medal and he's diving into <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I think a big part of this for you that I've kind of neglected yeah. talking about is just how video game crazy it is. It, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and they lean into the video games I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I don't really like Call of Duty games. And that's what the whole Heroes Duty level was and then the sugar rush game i'm not like super into those type of games so i think it's the beginning where i was like yeah i played all these games i know all these characters so it's really the beginning that i love the most when it comes to the video game stuff as it goes on the video game stuff becomes less interesting and more like characters okay. and the story and whatnot but yeah that beginning is amazing really good so you've talked a lot about your kids kind of especially at disneyland they kind of like what you like because yep. they're so excited about it. Yes. It kind of rubs off on them. Yes. Is that the same thing for Wreck-It Ralph? Yes. I, I, I make little Wreck-It Ralph quotes all the time with my kids. <laughs> so they know the movie forward and backwards. So yeah, for sure. Okay. Yes. Cool. So uh, Mark's number four, the beginning yes. of Wreck-It Ralph. Yep. All right. So my, my number four is uh, a Pixar from a Pixar film. It's my only 3D animation mm. and it's from WALL-E. Ah, okay, yeah. I, I've kind of figured out a lot of my favorite moments are from my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, same thing. I, yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> I, I figure Alice in Wonderland's showing up at some point on <laughs> yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, for me, it is uh, the um, scene in Wally where Wally and Eve dance oh, in uh-huh. space. And he's got the fire extinguisher. That's great. And he's kind of flying around and she's zooming around mm-hmm. um, and they reunite in, in space. And there's this lovely kind of piano music playing great visuals, mm-hmm. beautiful animation. Uh, and they quote unquote kiss for the first time. Yeah. That's when the little electricity goes through him and he kind of falls backwards. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. uh, and it's this kind of cute scene. And, you know, the, the, uh, the, the woman and the man who he ran into on the ship, are watching this happen yeah and you've got the narration in the background about what is dancing and, and the captain's learning about everything on earth and, that's right and it's just this it's like one of the great things about wally is that it's a love story between two robots yeah which is that don't talk with the, yeah, yeah. And which to endear an audience uh-huh. for 90 minutes to that story is incredible yeah and i think the that dancing scene is kind of like the encapsulation uh, of like the whole 
movie. You know, so I I love that scene. Um, that's that's my number four. If you went to Galaxy's Edge and you went to their Droid Depot and they had a Wally Droid for sale, would that make you more likely to buy it, or would you rather get an original Star Wars Droid, or would that just kind of? I think how can we put Wally in the parks more often? We yeah. talk about that a lot. Like, yeah. could they do in like the Droid Depot of? Yeah. I think regardless of the Droid Depot or Galaxy's Edge, I would buy <laughs> Wally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it depends if my wife let me. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, yes, I buy. Have you watched the uh, on Disney Plus the Pixar in real life little I shorts? Have. Those are funny. So there's one with Wally, mm. right? And man, if I could just have my own Wally rolling around, I would be. <laughs> I'd, I'd, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I, I think they're they're close to that because when you read about artificial intelligence and stuff and people are like, we are so far away from having like a robot chef in your house that looks like a chef and cooks food for you. But there are definitely parts of the world where there are these little tiny robot men that live in your house and they're your friend. They ask you about your day and like a Roomba, could you just take like a Roomba and build it up to be like a yeah. Wally? Like, I think that would be very realistic to have a life-size Wally just kind of cruising around your house and sit and watch TV with you. <laughs> he could play music for you. He could do a little beep and boop when he asks you about your day when you come home. Like, I could totally see it happening. So, well, I was, I don't know what I was watching, but I was watching TV one day and there was a commercial for a uh, Domino's. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this Domino's <laughs> self-driving yes. delivery system? Yes, it's crazy. That's crazy. Yes. Uh-huh. So this stuff is real, man. This stuff is real. <laughs> So I think if they will come soon where your third child will be in with your Wally, just toddling around. Yeah. So, well, bigger question for yeah. you, uh -huh. Wally or R2-D2? I would say, that's a great question, <laughs> R2-D2. Okay, all right. You? Man. R2-D2 is kind of rude, and I like that. I like it. He'll say, he'll say stuff that we don't understand, but see he's all mad at him because he said something bad. Like that, I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. I, I can't answer that. I can't answer <laughs> Too hard of a question. If, if, if we're at Galaxy's Edge, I'll buy R2-D2. Yeah. If we're just in Maine Disneyland, I'll buy Wally. How about that? I'll split my difference. So that's my number four. Nice. <laughs> uh, so my number three uh, is going to be no surprise to those that have listened to the favorite song. And I think this is the only one I have that's attached to a song. Are yours, any of yours attached to songs? One kind of, yeah. Okay. Kind of. So it's it's the moment in Ariel's part of your world where she comes out of the water. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Like to me, yeah. that's like a scene. That's yes. you could even have no music. It could be a little montage clip and you see her burst out of the water on that rock and you're like, Yeah, that's pretty iconic for Disney. Yeah, you could you like you you took that frame and you put it on a wall and that's yes. a piece of art, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so that's my number three. Um, I don't know. I need to explain much about the self explanatory. I just wonder if they could have done something with that in the Little Mermaid ride. It would be way too hard to have. The, that ride is, I love that ride, but it's pretty basic animatronics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, they're not really doing a bunch of movement and action. They got her movement to look really good, but like you can definitely see there's a big old pole that she's hooked onto when she does her, her like dancing in the end of the sea part. But like that would have been a pretty cool moment in a ride to see that kind of you know. would you prefer that moment or, or adding that moment into the ride or would you want them to add like actual earth's ursula's death scene oh 
Ursula death scene, especially if it got scary. Like if she became like this giant, because I don't know how they could do that illusion, but if she became like this giant creature, like that, I'd probably, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a pretty dark moment in the movie. I mean, most, mo and most of, most of Disney protagonists don't actually kill yeah. their villain. Yeah. <clears throat> but she gets harpooned or yes. stuck with the mast of a ship. You yes. Know? And it always speaks to me as a kid because I have a total fear of large things in the water. Like I'm not scared. I went swimming in the ocean like a couple weeks ago and I had zero fear of sharks or anything. But the thought of me falling into the submarine ride and being next to these giant sea monsters in the <laughs> submarine ride, even though I know they're made out of plastic, it would scare me so bad. And so, you know, Ursula's in the water and she's this amazing creature. So like that, that would freak me out. I actually have to do that. I think you're right though. I think that moment with Ariel, like if you, if you made like a, like a Disney montage, yeah, that one is for sure in the Disney montage. Yes. So I think, I think you're I right. Had to, it's a classic, yeah. I had to put it on. Yeah. All right, so my number three uh, is uh, from Peter Pan. Mm. And this is, again, the moment here is basically the first flight sequence. Okay. <clears throat> when they fly out the window. Mm. And it's interesting because as I was coming up with this, I realized that this was one of my favorite moments on, from the ride as well. So yeah. I talked about the flight over London. Yes. Uh, but the animation is 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 great um, as they're flying out of their house and into uh, over London. And there's a couple really I think standout moments. There's at one point Wendy is flying low uh, over this water, this mm -hmm. river, whatever, <clears throat> and she's kind of looking herself for reflection. Yeah. And then Tinkerbell, who's kind of jealous of her, um, flies ahead of her and like skims the water and like That's erases right. her. <laughs> Yeah, right. um, they all go over the moon like moon silhouettes at one point um, and then they all do this like close up where they like turn uh, and they like get in this formation Peter's ahead and, and they're off to Neverland and, and even when they land on Big Ben and everything so there's all these kind of little moments inside this kind of whole sequence for me. That's great. Um, and it is attached to a, it's, it's not this like great memorable song. Yeah. But, you know, You Can Fly, I think is a pretty standard, no, you know, knowable Disney song. Yeah. People know that song. So uh, Peter Pan, the flight sequence as they leave London and fly to Neverland. So question for you. Um, do you think, well, Peter Pan has been removed from Disney Plus, right? No, well, so Peter Pan has been removed from the kids' prof profile yeah. of Disney Plus. That's what it is. So it's on main Disney Plus. Yeah. But, like, <clears throat> if you have a, a, a profile for your kid only, kind of mm -hmm. like how Netflix has the kids' yes. section, whatever, mm -hmm. it's not in there anymore. Uh, but it's still on Disney Plus. Do you think they are going to change the ride to remove that scene of the Native American depiction? Because it's they, they could. I, I don't, I, it's interesting that they, they've changed a bunch of other things, but haven't changed that. Yeah, they'll change Jungle Cruise, and they'll change, completely change Splash Mountain, yeah. like get rid of the whole theme. They've changed Splash Pirates Mountain. a number of times. Yes, you're right, they have changed Pirates. Um, but it feels like they're okay with this really, really terrible stereotype of Native Americans no. in their riders. Yeah. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like if they were going to, uh, it's strange that they haven't yet, yeah. you know, so. Yeah.
That's a good one. Number three, I like that. So your number two. Okay, my number two is from Sword in the Stone. And I could think of many, many things from Sword in the Stone. The whole scene with the wizards duel mm-hmm. is fantastic. I love it all so much. Changing into all the different creatures. Yes, and, and different colored creatures, so you know who's <clears> who. But I would say it's the scene when um, Wart is supposed to be doing his dishes and he doesn't want to do them anymore. And so Merlin just does his little song and dance and the dishes start to wash themselves and like that part to me was so cool as a kid i loved it even as an adult i think it's amazing so the scene where the dishes wash themselves i think is top notch really good i just recently rewatched sort of the stuff nice. which i hadn't for a very long time yeah and uh, um, i think now this is a question for you i think that movie in particular is ripe for a live action. Ooh, okay, okay, remake. okay. Because it's, uh, I think in a lot of ways, Merlin is more the main character than Wart in, True. in, in some respects. Um, there's, the, the ending is, um, I'm not gonna say anticlimactic, but it's uh, like he pulls the sword out and then yeah. he kind of, he runs over there and then they all bow to him and it's over. You know? Right, yeah. Like I think that movie, so what would you think about a, a live action version of Sword in the Stone? Because I think that one is, is ready for one. Yes. I worry there's been so many um, oh, King, King Arthur movies yeah, okay. that have been bad lately. Okay. So I don't know if it's just no one can get into old school Arthurian legends, but I, I think it'd be fantastic to make. Would it be more gritty or would it keep its more whimsical? style like would you have the scene where he turns into a squirrel or just <laughs> the fish the scene the up and down scene with the fish you know or would you kind of scrap all that stuff i would i i would i would say do it in kind of the style of pirates okay where it's serious but with humor and you know i would say like almost the jack sparrow character is kind of this wild card character no one knows what he's gonna do he's yeah. got humor to him but there's a there's a serious side to him. That's your Merlin. Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be really good. <clears throat> so Merlin is very kind of over the top kooky uh-huh. in that. I'd tone that down just a little bit. Yeah, but still keep him a little wacky, you know, yeah. crazy. You know, that'd be such a good role for someone. You know, like I love Emma Stone and Cruella. You know, like she just totally owned it. Like mm-hmm. you could picture someone getting that role and be like, I'm gonna make this really weird. I mean, it's good. I, I mean, it's almost in some respects like the genie. In a, in a yeah. lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. That'd be a great idea. I like that idea a lot. Yeah, your your thought though about there's been a lot of Arthur versions yeah. that have not done well. Uh, so, but maybe this is the one that could that could be that could be good as long as they keep the scene where the dishes wash themselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so that was Mark's number two. Yeah, my number two is Winnie the Pooh. Okay, good. Okay. And kind of what we were talking about with the, the book in Winnie the Pooh, the book is essentially interactive. Uh-huh. And there uh, are a number of scenes that, that deal with that, like the, uh, the bees at one point fly across one yes. uh, page. Um, when, he's, when he gets out of Rabbit's house and goes into the tree, he's eating all the honey and like, the page turns and he's like, he tries to keep the page from turning so he can stay in the tree and eat honey. So there's a lot of fun things, but I think my favorite moment specifically 
uh, about animation here is uh, when Tigger and Rue get stuck in the tree near the end of the film. Ah, they, yes. they, they balance up to the tree and then they're so high they can't get down. So <clears throat> Pooh and Christopher Robin, Rabbit and everybody are trying to convince them to jump. Rue jumps, but Tigger's scared and everything. And so he um, is like clutching to the tree and he's not going to jump. And so the, the narrator of, of the movie, yes. essentially of the book, who's reading the book, uh, speaks to Tigger. That, that's cool. Yes. And says, hey, Tigger, I can help you out. And the Tigger looks at the camera breaking the fourth wall and uh -huh. says, who are you? I don't know who, who are you. I don't know who you, who's talking to me. You know, like this what's a God kind of thing. Really good. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll help you out. And like at one point he like, the, the narrator shakes the book in the, like to get him out of the tree and mm -hmm. it doesn't work. And so then the, again, the cool thing in animation is the narrator turns the book to its side. And so, so Tigger's kind of hanging on his side and he's able to get off the tree by climbing down on some of the letters in the that's book. That's right. That's, that's really good. <laughs> that's really good. So I, I absolutely love that. They did a, something similar to that in the 2011 version of Winnie the Pooh when mm -hmm. all the characters get stuck in uh, this hole, mm -hmm. this, this trap hole that they had uh, dug. And they take some of the letters from the book to create uh -huh. a ladder. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it's very similar to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But talking about that trope of, of the, the kind of fairy tale book and everything and the narration. This takes that trope and kind of takes it one step further, which I yes. absolutely love. So, yes. And Winnie the Pooh is one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite movies. So, yeah. Um, I love that aspect of it. I don't know the answer to this one. Was Winnie the Pooh a collection of short little comics that they put together or did they make it as a movie, but broken up in these little parts? So the movie, uh, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh yes. came out in 1977, I want to say, okay. so late, late, mid to late 70s. Uh, and it is a collection of three different shorts. So okay. the first one, which is Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, yeah. which is when he gets, he eats all the honey in Rabbit's house and he can't get out of the hole. He, he's, he gets that so part traumatized fat. me. And he like, he puts a, he puts a painting on his butt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that part freaked me out as a kid. Did not like that part. So okay. that, that short, which is probably 15 minutes, 15, yeah. 20 minutes, I, I don't know. That was made in the early 60s. Like mm -hmm. when Walt was still alive. Okay. Was it made to show before a film? Is I believe so. Okay. Yes. I believe so. Or it was a special on ABC oh, or something, yeah. I, you know. Uh, I'd have to research that more. And then the next one, The Blustery Day, same thing. It was a short. And then the, there's a, the third one, which is when um, Tigger and Rue get stuck in the tree. Yeah. So then in the late 70s, they put all three of them together. And then they did some bookends and some transitions in between. I see. Okay. Uh, and so that, that movie came out in the late, I think, 77, I think. Got it. And it was a collection of things that have already been. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. Nice. So uh, that's my number two, Winnie the Pooh. Okay. My number one, you already guessed it, Alice in Wonderland. Right. There's so many things I could choose from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> to me, it's the whole movie is a collection of these small <laughs> moments because there's no overarching plot, <laughs> yeah. which I love so much. Like the caterpillar scene. 
incredible where she's blowing all <laughs> such a weird scene where she's blowing this hookah smoke all over this Disney princess. So weird. Uh, that's great. I really like the Wallace and the Carpenter scene, which is even more insane because Alice isn't even in it. It's like, what, what in the world are you doing with this? And I love it so, so, so much. Do you know like the theological background of the Wallace and the Carpenter? Uh, not off the top of my head. Okay, so essentially, if I know it right, the walrus, oh, the carpenter represents Western religion. Okay. Jesus was a carpenter, all that good stuff. And then the walrus represents Eastern religion, because it kind of looks like the Buddha, mm -hmm. and like Buddhism and whatnot. And how all of us are the oysters, and how it's a total takedown on religion, organized <laughs> religion, and how it doesn't matter which religion, if you're Western religion, Eastern religion, you're all going to be oysters, and you're all going to be led to your impending <laughs> doom. That's the source material, and they said, let's put that as a weird four-minute, completely random thing in this Alice Wonderland movie. So I, I love that scene, always loved it ever since I was a little kid. But I think the part I want to highlight the most is the tea party scene. Okay. Mm -hmm. Especially as a moment when she is walking up to the tea party, and she's not, she's not sure what it's all about, but you see this, the, the little um, smoke puffing out of the teapots and the weird that their house is shaped super weird and there's this big long table and these big chairs and the music and it's just that scene of her looking at that tea party and how weird, how weird <laughs> it's gonna get that I absolutely love so that's like I said I could choose the doorknob scene incredible mm -hmm. so many scenes are incredible I think the tea party scene is going to be the one I'm gonna choose as like my most memorable moment from a Disney movie all right I've got a couple questions yes. okay so you love this movie. Yes. Have you delved into and read like Lewis Carroll and the books? Have you, have, have you, because I really haven't. You know? No, me neither. I remember memorizing the Jabberwock poem in like elementary school. I had memorized a poem. And okay. so I said, I love this movie. I'll do this poem. And I know they put that poem in the live action Alice in Wonderland movies, but it's like a, the Jabberwock is like a scary. Mm -hmm thing you know so like that would have been cool to put in there but instead they went to wash in the carpenter <laughs> why uh but i haven't been too deep into the whole like i'm not obsessed with the ip also when yeah, they yeah. Went. i just like okay yeah. second question you mentioned the live action version mm -hmm. is there anything memorable from that movie and i haven't even seen the second one but Me uh, is there anything memorable from that movie that you're like as a fan of the alice in wonderland disney movie that you can kind of latch onto from that? Not really. I saw it once in theaters a long time ago. I remember thinking it was awesome. I think it made a billion dollars. It did. Dollars. Well, and it was, it, was, it was released like three months after Avatar. And it was 3D, 3D wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, that's how it got. It was like the next 3D film to watch. Yeah. I remember thinking this was the height of Johnny Depp. He could do no wrong. He was really good in it. The Mia Wachowski? Some. some, but, some yeah, yeah. yeah. She was really good as the Alice character. And Helen Walton Carter was the Queen of Hearts. Like, that was really great. But I've never seen it since. And I can't really think of anything that stood out. I liked it a lot, but I would never watch it again. Whereas I've seen Alice in Wonderland. I don't know how many times. I know. I'm trying to, like, <clears throat> the Alice in Wonderland Disney animated version is so lively and so dynamic. Yes. And colorful and everything. Yes. Whereas I think what you're saying about the characters, I think the casting's good. The, the characters are good. <clears throat> but it kind of, I think it suffers a little bit from kind of the, doldrum of the Tim Burton color palette. Very gray. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Very gray, yes. So. Pale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and then weird like even weirder Tim Burton type stuff with like Crispin Glover is like the really tall ski like he's super skinny like, <laughs> yeah like I, I have no idea if that's in the book or not I have uh -huh. no idea but there's just some Burton-esque stuff that I think maybe brings it down a little bit which I is interesting yeah. I can see that so then my last question then yeah. if your favorite part is the tea party yeah I know we've talked about the rides at Disneyland mm -hmm. um, the mad tea party the teacups you love those I love them I, would, I refuse to let anyone spin the wheel when I'm in them. <laughs> I don't get sick at all if I can just kind of chill and be in that moment. But it's one of those rides where the music's fantastic. I feel good knowing it's an, it's an OG ride, an original ride. And then it's one of those rides at nighttime that's really, really, really cool. The lanterns up above, the different colored lanterns are amazing. and It's kind of dark, but the lanterns give enough light. It's not too dark, but it's not like bright neon, everything in your face kind of brightness to it so yeah i love that ride it's the only ip i can think of that has two rides for it which is <laughs> right at my alley so i just think it's uh yeah it's the best but the other moments like the moment when she turns into a big she fills the whole house she's the yeah. cracker mm -hmm. as big as a house great the whole part with the flowers she gets down to the flower that part, i mean the whole thing is just she's amazing when she falls down the rabbit hole and she kind of goes upside down and stuff it's just well, I would say yeah. almost, it's almost akin to Fantasia. Yes. Where it's just this animation experiment. <laughs> totally experiment, yeah. yes. Because there is really, really no plot, truly, no. you know. It's just these kind of misadventures. Like Twilly and Twildum have nothing to do with the category yeah. <laughs> at all, but they're in the same movie, and I love it. And the other thing you did mention was the Cheshire Cat, which is a lot of yeah, that's people love the Cheshire Cat. They do. You know, and you see, you know, that all around the park yes. and thing. So, um, and that I think is a fun little piece of animation too, mm -hmm. so. And when she's lost and like, it's a, a bird, but it's actually a shovel. And it's like a, another creature, but it's actually like an umbrella. Like the told you wood part is kind of funny. And the moment when she's following a path and then this dog that's like a, bro, a broom dog kind of brushes the path and she's already, oh, it's so good. <laughs> I go, I should stop. <laughs> What's your number one? My number one is from my favorite Disney movie as go. well. That's from Beauty and the Beast. Nice. And just similar to Alice in Wonderland, there's specific moments that I could just talk about the whole time. Yeah. The stained glass window, the prologue, the stained glass window prologue. That's really good. Brilliant. Now, is it a book or is it a, is that motif book or is it there's glass? there's no book there's no yeah, book, there's no book. It's but it feels, glass. it feels yeah. like it's okay yeah um <clears throat> the um the the first appearance of uh the beast which is a, a couple times uh, like when he steps into the light for the first time one of my favorite moments it's not the favorite moment though but my one of my favorite moments my probably my favorite image of the beast is um, after he's defeated all the wolves in the snow and he's kind of standing there weak it's right before he falls over mm. and you can see the his breath like coming out it's like oh it's it's, it's so good yes that part's really good <clears throat> um the be our guest sequence is mm. this kaleidoscope of mm -hmm. colors and music it's just energetic it's fun but my number one animation moment is the end of the movie and i know you're gonna have Something to say about this, so hold on. <laughs> in the movie, and it's the Beast's transformation. What? Yes. Wow. This is usually a ridiculed part of the film. So, so we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. Because that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. It's uh, the moment when um, 
he, you know, says, I love you to Belle and he dies and she says, I love you. And the, the last petal of the rose falls. And what I'm talking about as the beast transformation is not when he finally becomes a human being, mm. but <clears throat> when um, she's crying over him and these kind of sparks and kind of multicolored beams of light kind of come through and the music builds up and everything. Uh, and uh, he starts lifting up into the air mm -hmm. and he's doing this, like it's this contortion thing and he gets wrapped up in his like cape and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, there's like this beam of light on him uh, and then he starts transforming and one of the brilliant, and this is where I'm going to get a little technical here, but yeah. there's some brilliant art and animation here where his human features, like his hands and everything, they are, they come from within. Oh. Um, and so to the implication being, he was always, a, he was always a human being, you know, he was in there the whole time. Interesting. Is, is, you know, he's being covered by his, his beastly image, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And uh, uh, these like beams of light shoot out of his fingers yeah. and everything. And he changes, you know, his hair kind of rolls back and he, he changes into his human form. And then like the cape kind of slowly lowers him down. Uh, and Belle's looking at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I absolutely love that. I, I get teary eyed almost every time. Yeah. Uh, and the ridiculed moment, which I understand, like there's sometimes I'm so in it, I don't even notice it, you know, but there's other times where I'm like, okay, they do this quick zoom in on his face and like his human face. And it's like probably too close up. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of people are like, Oh, he, he was better looking as the beast, <laughs> sure, you know, sure, kind of thing, yes, yes. Uh, which whatever that's, you know, <laughs> that's subjective. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, the, the moment of his transformation and the music is brilliant. It's kind of, it's lovely. It's haunting and everything. I just love that image of him kind of lifting up and kind of being turned and everything. And yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's very it's supernatural and magical and spiritual in, in some yeah. ways. So, and then like the big firework goes off and like a whole, whole castle transforms. Yeah. So that's my number one. That's really good. I, I think they should have done a better job. Like you said, making him seem less pretty than he is because that this moment you're, you, you, you're not into the moment because you're kind of laughing at the way he looks, <laughs> but the way she figures out it's him, she looks in his eyes. Mm -hmm. and that's a really powerful moment, but yeah. it's kind of wasted because you're just like, what? What does it look like? But if they did a better job, I think that moment would hit a little harder. Um, when they have the Beauty and the Beast castle mm -hmm. at Disney World, is it pre, is it all Gothic style or is it afterwards where instead of gargoyles, it's true big angels or, no yeah. it's 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 gothic it's cool I, I, i'm, I'm trying to remember stuff around yeah nice. and like because like when we ate there we sat in the west wing mm -hmm. and it was all tore up and everything nice and then he will uh, the character comes around and to the tables and talks well, doesn't talk to people but you get pictures with and it's the beast so mm -hmm. it's it's beast's castle not the prince's castle i guess if you want to distinguish between the two yeah but, so that's my number one, Beauty and the Beast. So one last question for you. Do you ever, ever see a world where an animated film wins best picture? Yeah. I think Beauty and the Beast would be like the greatest entry into that. Was it nominated for best picture? Yes. That's so cool. Yes. That was nominated for best picture. So there's been three 
animated films nominated for Best Picture. Beauty and the Beast. Toy Story 3, right? Toy Story 3. Uh-huh. And Up. Oh, Wally and Ratatouille weren't nominated? So, so um, in 2008, yeah. um, there were, let's see if I can remember this. Let's see if I got this. I, in 2008, I saw the Best Picture Showcase by AMC. So I saw all five Best Picture nice. nominees in one day. Um, in one day? Woo! <laughs> Let's see, it was uh, Slumdog Millionaire won yeah. that year. Mm-hmm. Um, Milk. Okay. The Reader. Yikes. Curious Case of Benjamin Button and Frost Nixon Whew. were the five Best Picture nominees that year. Yikes. But there were two movies, a lot of critics and you know, people within the industry were like, these movies should be nominated. And those are The Dark Knight mm-hmm. and Walt. Got it, okay. Those were like the two that would get you know, get uh, Frost Nixon out of there, you know, kind of thing. Like there was yeah. a big push in the industry yeah. in 2008 to get those two movies in particular into the Best Picture nominations. And that is when in 2009, they changed the format of Best Picture to allow for 10 nominees. And they, a lot of people in the industry called the Dark Knight rule. Yeah. Um, so in 2009, up. There it is. Was nominated in 2010. Toy Story 3 was nominated. But not, not, no animated movie has been nominated since Toy Story 3. So those three. So if we look at those three, Beauty and the Beast, Toy Story 3, Up, those are, those are, those are big movies to follow for animation. Yeah. So. I feel like with Parasite winning both foreign film and Best Picture, there's a precedent for a movie winning mm-hmm. two awards. So Best Animated and Best exactly. Picture. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know what that would be but i feel like that'd be amazing so what like i'm trying to think of what are some of the films since 2010 that maybe should have been in that conversation inside out coco yes inside out for sure inside out um coco was really good movies like movies like um frozen and moana are like great movies i don't know if that i think Inside Out's the only one i could think that would be the best picture and I'm probably biased in that, but well, and and I don't know, I don't know other film studios as far as animation goes well enough. I mean, yeah. you know, we're just using Disney yeah. films as an example. But. Yeah, like Spider Verse was awesome. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was really good. Yeah, but I'd love to see an animated movie winning Best Picture. That'd be. I think it's. I mean, I. I mean, I don't. I don't see why not. I mean, if if you, I think what animated movies have fought against the entire history of animated films is that they're for kids. Yeah. And in some respects they are, Mm -hmm. right? But if you look at, if you strip that away and just say, this is a movie, I think they should be nominated for best picture if they're worthy and they should win best picture if it's worthy. Yep. Now, when do you think cartoons or animated movies really became part of the everyday culture? Was it like, the kids that grew up with Jungle Book. Because I mentioned a kid who saw Pinocchio. They probably loved Pinocchio, but it's like there wasn't eight animated movies out every year. Well, you and know, you like, couldn't rewatch it. Couldn't rewatch you couldn't it. You DVDs or whatever. So it's like when people our age are like the Academy Award voters, we'll just, we won't see it as an animated movie. We'll just see it as a movie. Yeah. Whereas I think for maybe the older people now in charge, they still see it as, oh, this is an animated yeah. movie. It came down that level. So maybe we have to wait a couple of years before it really gets consideration, but I'd love that. So I have one more thing yes. before we wrap up. It's interesting because 
a lot of the movies that we mentioned are older. Yeah. We, I mean, I think the most recent one we was Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. No Frozen, no, no. Moana, no Big Hero 6, uh, you know, no Frozen 2, no Soul. Yeah. You know, why is that? Maybe just because as a kid, I, most of the ones I chose is once when I was <laughs> Well, a kid. so that's what, like, maybe yeah. if, if, our, if your kids were recording this episode, yeah. it would be all Frozen Moana, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the scene in Coco when he first walks into the land of the dead. Okay. Like yeah. that's incredible. When he yeah. walks over the bridge, that's that's amazing. But it's not so ingrained in our no. psyches to be like, oh yeah, that's on the list. Right? No, no. Yeah, that part's amazing in Coco. And then I mean there's so many parts in Let It Go that should be in the greatest Disney moments. Well, and that's kind of like even, you know, we were talking about at the beginning, Walt's favorite piece of animation yeah. was the dress transformation. Yeah. The dress transformation yes. for Elsa and Let It Go. That's you know. transformative for so <laughs> yeah. many people. That <laughs> moment where a dress transforms, you're right. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're just old fogies. <laughs> old fogies <laughs> at this it. point. <laughs> All right, Mark. Well, thank you, man, thank for, you. Uh, for, uh, compiling this list should we should we do a recap on our list sure yep all right so your number five uh my number five was pirates of the caribbean all right and my number five was uh the poisoned apple from snow white yes my number four was the beginning of wreck it ralph so my number four is uh from wally it's the dancing in space my number three is when ariel breaches the water and little mermaid my number three uh the flight uh, from London into Neverland from Peter Pan. My number two in Sword in the Stone when the dishes clean themselves. My number two, uh, Winnie the Pooh when the narrator gets involved. Yeah. And my number one is the Mad Tea Party from Mouse Wonderland. And my number one is the uh, transformation of the beast from the end of Beauty and the Beast. Perfect. Cool. All right. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next time. See you guys.